This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. My guest on the podcast today is Annette Franz. Annette is an international recognized customer experience thought leader, coach, consultant, speaker, and author. Welcome to the podcast, Annette. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, me too. I uh, have done a little bit of creeping on LinkedIn and you, <laughs> okay. you, and then you told me a little bit of, about something else and I try to find a tidbit uh, for, for my speakers that people might not know. Um, and you had a bunch of accomplishments on LinkedIn and, and I could talk about those, but that would be a whole nother podcast. So, you know, the one thing that I thought was unique is that you speak German. Um, how did you go about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Um, and, and thank you for getting my last name correct. Franz is very German. Um, so my parents are from Germany. I am first generation American. So I actually spoke German before I spoke English. That's what we spoke in our household. That's what I learned to speak was German. And I actually, as a kid, went to a German school um, in, uh, in or around Cleveland, Ohio um, for wow. much of my much of my, uh, at least elementary years, I think maybe even into uh, middle school. But uh, yeah, but the sad part is, is that, you know, because I don't use it as much anymore, you yeah, start, you yeah. do, you start to lose it. So, but uh, yeah. I, I can still muddle through a little bit. So. Yeah, that's uh, way better than I can. I, I think I told you <laughs> earlier, I took two years and I know about five words still. So uh, <laughs> the rest of this uh, podcast is not going to be in German. Awesome. <laughs> I think people uh, will thank us for that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, everybody else would stop it right now. Uh, so one of the other things that I thought was really interesting, we kind of talked about cross country and track and was the fact that not only did you run and you were what second in the mile in Ohio yeah. for Ohio, at the yeah. state championships, but you ran on the guys cross country team. That's right. I did. How did, and you were what? So the way it works is it's the top five at the points that count. Right. Right. That's what were right. you ranked um, in the on the boys' team? Uh, I was the co-captain, and I was number three on our team, the third fastest runner on our team. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, and and, and so there were cool. a lot of guys on the team too. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably made them work harder and get more frustrated when you're just like, "See ya, come on, let's go." Yep. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Very mostly, cool. especially at that age, you know, guys don't want girls to beat them, right? You right. know, yeah. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a pretty neat story. I, I, um, I played hockey when I was real young and there was a, a really good player on the other team and I couldn't figure out who they were because I had never seen him before. And it was actually a female. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so wow. Pretty, pretty cool. But you know, <laughs> that is cool. bringing you all the way back, how did you get started in customer experience? Yeah, um, that's a that's a fun story, too, because it's not like, you know, you hear a lot of people who go, oh, they had sort of this epiphany or there was some moment in their lives that sort of drove them into their career choice. And yeah. for me, yeah. it was, you know, I love math, 
not many people say that. <laughs> and I love writing. Mm -hmm. um, and the two of them together added up to market research. And so when I was looking for a job, I was looking in the paper. So we're dating ourselves here. Look, looking in the paper, found a job posting for JD Power and Associates. Okay. Great, great market research firm, right? And I was like, that's it. That's it. That's where I can use both of my loves. And um, yeah, sure enough, that's uh, that's how I get started. And I love the work that we were doing too. So it's pretty amazing. I I wasn't, um, you know, JD Power and Associates, especially at the time, was known for the automotive research and the automotive studies. But um, I was actually uh, involved with uh, all of the non-automotive research. So that's pretty cool. Mm, that's awesome. No, it's uh, it's always interesting to hear what how people got started. Sometimes it's out of customer service. Sometimes it's out of marketing, operations, HR, but. Um, no, great story. The, the topic that I want to focus on today is um, journey mapping, uh, which you know uh, a, a ridiculous amount about. Yeah, maybe just a smidgen. Um, you know, and you wrote a book called Customer Understanding. And so today we're going to focus on chapter 16, which is titled, But Maps are a Waste of Time. So before we get started on that, what is journey mapping? What does that mean to you? So journey mapping is, so for me, it means a couple of things. Number one, mm -hmm. it's a tool and it's a process, right? Mm -hmm. So the tool is how we walk in our customer shoes with our customers to really understand the experience that they're having as they're interacting or transacting with our brands, right? I mean, that in its simplest terms, that's what it is. The tool has to be done, you know, the work has to be done with customers. And at the very least, it has to capture what the customer is doing, thinking, and feeling. Yeah. The process is is a bigger part of it, and I think that's going to lead into what you'll ask me about in Chapter 16, but the yeah. process is really, you know, I, I came up with a six-step process, and maybe maybe we'll get to a point where we'll talk about that too, but, but it, it includes the current, you know, mapping the current state, mapping your service blueprint, so the things behind the scenes that mm. support and facilitate the experience that the customer's having, and then also future state mapping. So because you really want to do the entire process so that you can uh, make some changes. Yeah. So what would you say to the people, or why, why do people think that it's such a waste of time? Why, why is journey mapping a waste of time? Oh, it's never going to work for us. Because they're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Short and simple, they're doing it wrong and they're not following that process. They only view it as a tool or they only view it as a picture, right? Let's, let's just develop this picture so we can see, but then they don't do anything with it, right? And, and, so, and there's a lot of intricacies. So as you read the book, you, you, you learn about that. There's a lot of intricacies and a lot of things that you have to take into account when you actually create the journey map. Even if you're just going to create the picture, there's mm -hmm. a lot that has to go into that to make sure that you do that. I, when I'm speaking, I, and, and, and especially if I'm speaking on this topic, I ask the audience, how many of you have ever journey mapped and hands all go up, right? Yeah. Everybody's hands are, Oh yeah, we did that. And then, and they're super I, proud about it and super proud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go through my presentation and then at the end I go, okay, now how many of you journey mapped? And you, you, you do, you see these sort of defeated, <laughs> defeated faces and maybe two people will raise their hands, you know? Right. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, you have to do it right. And you have to, it's not a simple process. It's not a simple thing. If you don't do it right, it will be a waste of time. So, yeah, no. So what is the difference between a, a journey map and a life cycle stage? So life cycle stage or life cycle maps, right, is, is exactly that. We just 
capture what is the, what are the life cycle stages that the customer goes through um, as they you know from start to finish in their relationship with our brand and and a lot, the one of the bad things about that if we just look at it from that viewpoint is often it's in our terms right in a brand in the brand's terms mm. and not in the customer language um, and and the life cycle maps are great for marketing and 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 the work that they do but they're not really for customer experience professionals they're not very helpful for us we have to get down into the details of, of the journey map yeah why would you say that um, journey maps are so important they inform your CX strategy in so many different ways. We were, we were talking before we, we started recording about mm -hmm. having more pictures in the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are not many pictures in the book, but there was one that I, that I, that I've gotten such great feedback on and that is the fishbone one, right? And that's mm -hmm. the one where it talks about how customer, you know, how journey mapping is the backbone of your customer experience strategy. It's, mm -hmm informs so many parts and pieces of it from getting executive commitment to process improvement to customer understanding to the employee experience to all these different parts of your strategy and there's no better way to really understand what the customer is going through than to you know walk in walk in their shoes with them so yeah it's it's super important yeah no, it, it is uh, beyond important. So I appreciate that. You know, when it comes to, if somebody hasn't bought your book, which I highly recommend, go buy a customer understanding. Um, it's, and they're saying, okay, great. I kind of understand this now. I understand what journey mapping is. I understand the difference between that and life cycle stage. I understand the importance of it. How do I get started? Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a great question. And, and just a small plug for the book there, in the last third of the book, I tell you exactly how to do it, mm -hmm. right? I go into detail about how to set up your own workshops, both future, current and future state and service blueprint. Um, but how do you get started? I think it, it's, the important thing is, is that you start at the beginning, right? Just like any other project or any other thing you're going to do, you have to why. What are, and what are your objectives? What are your desired outcomes and how are you going to measure success, right? What are the success metrics? How do you know you achieved what you set out to achieve by undertaking the journey mapping exercise? Um, you have to identify who, which personas you're going to map for, which, you know, what's the scope of the map, which journey you're going to map. Mm -hmm. um, and you've got to figure out who's going to be in the workshop with you. Customers, of course, but then you also want to have stakeholders in, in the workshop as well. And then there you, uh, you know, making it sound very sick at this point, but then you get your workshop set up and then there and start mapping. And like I said, probably the most important part of the mapping is, is and the difference between what we were talking about there in terms of the life cycle map and the mm -hmm. journey map is that the journey map has to capture what the customer is doing, thinking and feeling. If it doesn't, it's, it's not a, it's not a journey map. So what is the risk of not capturing what they're thinking, feeling and doing? Um, that the biggest risk Great question. The biggest risk is that you, um, well, because you've got the customers in the room, <laughs> you've got yeah. the biggest is you've wasted their time. That's the biggest yeah. risk. <laughs> the second big risk, is if you don't have customer room and you don't capture what the customer is thinking and feeling, that you're going to devolve into process mapping and not mm. even think about what you know, what the customer uh, was happening with the customer for the customer. So, but the biggest risk is you, if you don't capture that from your customers that you've wasted their time too. So 
That's the important thing is what steps are they taking? That's what a journey map is, right? What steps are they taking? Yeah. What are they, what are they, how do they feel about that? What are, what are the pain points? What's going really well? And then thinking is really their needs. What are their needs and their goals for each step a- along the way? Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of their, in the journey mapping session with you or not even visible on the phone, don't waste their time is basically what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Very cool. You know, so you, you have this plan, you now know how to get started. You're bringing in your customers. What, what tools do you recommend to get started? So a couple of different things, right? Um, I like to do old school when we're, when we're in, when we're doing it in person, I like to do it old school. We talked before we, we started recording that I'm doing a workshop tomorrow morning and I'm not doing that old school, obviously, because we're all confined to our homes. But old school is put your paper and post-it notes, right? It's to get people in a room, standing around, talking to each other, asking and customers, asking each other, well, what did you do then? Oh, I did this, but did you, did this, ha-? you know, to get them up out of their chairs, asking mm-hmm. questions and talking to each other. It's a really creative sort of thought-provoking process. Um, you know, for the workshop tomorrow, I'm going to be using, um, technology obviously to, to have a virtual workshop. And and in this workshop, there's a lot of different ways that you can do virtual workshops, right? You can use a journey mapping platform that allows you to collaborate. You can, you know, for tomorrow's workshop, we're going to be on, on zoom and I'm going to be using a platform called mural, which is a great collaborative tool. Hmm. And, um, and you know, we're all going to be putting our post-it notes up on the, uh, collaborative whiteboard of, of mural. So there's a lot of, uh, of those kinds of, uh, of those kinds of, uh, uh, tools out there as well. So, you know, don't stop journey mapping just because you're stuck at home and you can't get out into a room with customers. Keep doing it. There's a lot of ways to do it virtually. Yeah, no, that sounds like a really cool tool. One of the tools that you did mention and which kind of caught my eye is that you use butcher paper. Yes. <laughs> Why butcher paper? <laughs> Well, you know, back in, back in, back in the day, you know, a roll of butcher paper was this big, long brown sheet of paper, right? Or a big sheet of brown paper that technically it's not butcher paper anymore, but it's still called butcher paper, but it's, you know, it's the best way for us to capture what we've got to do because we need a long sheet of paper. I've seen others who have just used whiteboards and put the post-its on whiteboard. I've seen them use, you know, sort of vertical, you know, three by five pieces of paper, you know, three foot by five foot piece of paper that they've sort of taped together. There's a lot of different ways, but you have to leave room to, you know, about 10, 15, 20 feet, depending on what your journey is for people to put post-it notes horizontally across the wall. Um, and you want a place that you can, something that you can then roll up and take back with you to, uh, to then either convert it into a digital format or to put it up in your customer room or wherever you're going to share it out with the organization. And before you roll it up, make sure you tape down all the post-it notes. <laughs> oh, that is a, that is a veteran move right there. Tape yes, it is. Notes so you do not have to redo this. Uh, rookie, rookie, rookies do that at least once before they learn. Oh my gosh, I didn't take those down. Yes, I've done that before. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I am from now on calling it butcher paper instead of any other type of paper because awesome. Annette told me to. Isn't it fun? It is. <laughs> It sounds like I am being very productive with some butcher paper. And you're going to go home and make a steak because you got it. Right. Right. So exactly. Just don't (laughs) use the butcher paper that you got from the butcher. (laughs) Perfect. Or else there'd be a lot of steak that you would have to use. (laughs) And that paper is a little waxy too, you know, so it's not really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so what is the best way to, and, and not easy, but to receive executive commitment? Wow. Um, so there are a lot of different You just ask them, right? Like, hey, I need to buy in. If I can get X amount of money, that'd be great. You know, we're going to revamp this whole thing, right? <laughs> a couple million, it's fine, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, journey maps are a great way, you know, to get executive commitment. And, and it's happened a couple of times in front of my eyes, right? There have been a couple of workshops where the CEOs have sat in on those workshops and it's the workshops are such an eye-opening thing because I don't think most companies realize the pain that they put their customers through mm. to do business with them. It's not easy to, we all know we're customers. And that's the part that drives me crazy too, is we're all customers. Why do we make it so difficult for each other to, you know, so, so yeah, so journey mapping is a great way because they'll sit there and they'll go, wow, we make our customers do that. We make them go through all that. I, there's a, um, utility company, and, and this wasn't my project, it was a friend's project, they uncovered that they make customers go through 18 steps to sign up for an account, to sign up for an online account, 18 steps. How painful is that, right? They, they discovered that, went back and make the changes, and now it's like five steps, right, or three, whatever it is, but it's not 18. So it's such an eye-opening um, exercise for everybody. But yeah, like I said, I've seen I've now had a couple of CEOs in on workshops and they've all had the same reaction. So, mm. so I'm going off the board a little bit, um, okay. but with, why do you think um, most executives don't know the journey of their customer? And not just the, you know, yeah. is it because they don't take the time and, and step in their customer's shoes and kind of go through what happens when I dial a 1-800 number? What happens when I want to buy X, Y, Z, this widget? Um, okay. Maybe explain that and, and uh, I don't know, what, what else can they do? No, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that they're so far removed from it. Mm. You know, if you've ever watched Undercover Boss, you know when the CEO or whoever the executive is that goes in undercover, it's like, holy cow, you know, what are we doing to our people? What are we doing to our customers, you know? So I think they are. They're so far removed. They're so busy working on the business that they don't take the time to take a real step back and look at what's happening within the business. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is, um, it is a pretty big, uh, big problem. Absolutely. And it's not bad that they're working on the business, but part of the problem is, is, is that they tend to forget that it's all about the customer. And if we don't have customers, we don't have a business. So we really have to take the time. And to your point, you know, mystery shop, your phone lines, mystery shop, your website, mystery shop, whatever, you know, ways customers interact with you. That's one way to help executives. I, I know some clients who have once a month, they have their executives call their phone line and mm. just see who answers and how they answer and what that experience is and how, what it's like to get transferred to another department and how those department departments answer. Um, some companies do um, immersion programs. Adobe is well known for their uh, immersion program where they get executives and they get other folks to, to spend a day in the, in the, in the wild, <laughs> in the wild with their customers, you know, that is such a rich way for um, executives to really understand and 
and see what pain we cause and what pain we help them solve mm-hmm. with our products, right? You know, mm-hmm. to, to sit and watch somebody use your products and how they use them and not use them the way that you thought they did. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a big one. So a little bit of a gut check, huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When it comes to, um, just curious, when it comes to people trying to do journey maps or somebody who's bringing you in, um, what department are they from? Is it CX always or who else could be looking to do a journey map? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, three of my clients were actually CROs or head of sales. Wow. That is a big wow. When I tell people that, that's the reaction I get. Yes. Um, and they all had the same sort of catalyst. You know, we spend so much time bringing customers in, but darn it, <laughs> we can't keep them. Why aren't we keeping them? You know, and now we have to work harder to bring new business in. So yeah, so that's a big, so, so that's a, that's a unique one. And I'm happy to help those folks. Obviously marketing, um, is another big one. I do have some CX folks who've not been, you know, not really learned how to do journey mapping yep. because of all the different, like your point, all the different paths that people take to come into this field. Yeah, um, yeah. Not everybody has had the experience of, of creating journey maps and going through the whole journey mapping process. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I keep asking additional questions. So, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, it, it's only for my selfish benefit. I'm sure the audience loves it. So keep going. I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, all of my listeners now know, about journey mapping. They understand the importance, how to get started, how to get executive buy-in. They've conquered the journey mapping mountain and they get to plastic off the room, put the ski goggles on, open up the champagne and celebrate. So now they're done, right? They get to walk out of the room with champagne all over their ski goggles on and they just, they they just kind of, they get, they get to be done. Yep. I I get to check the list off of journey mapping and, and now I'm done that's how they usually, that's how they usually think or act. Yes. But no, I mean, you're really, that's just the beginning. The map is really the catalyst. That's the crazy part, right? Um, It's the beginning because next you've got to now go and do the work to identify root causes, dig in deep and figure out what's going on here. You've got to create the service blueprint, which is, you know, the journey map is really what's happening, you know, for the customer and, and what people tend to refer to as on stage. But the service blueprint is what's happening backstage, behind the scenes, right? The people, the tools, the systems, the processes that are breaking down, <laughs> but, but that, you know, facilitate, support the experience that's, that's, that the customer has just gone through, but it's something's breaking down. So they've got to create that service blueprint to identify where it's breaking down. Um, they've got to then do future state workshops where they're developing, you know, they're ideating with customers on what the ideal future experience is, creating those future state maps, which then become the blueprint for the next step, which is going and implementing it, right? Mm-hmm. Do, doing the work, testing it, prototyping it, testing it, and and getting approval, quote unquote, approval from customers to say, yeah, that's a way better experience, you know? So, so the cat, the map is just the catalyst. It is just the beginning. Yeah. Yep. So don't stop. Don't what? stop. No, no, no. That's why I say, I always say, know the tool, embrace the process, right? You have to embrace the process. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. Uh, so I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Okay. Uh, and, and it's, the, the two questions I ask every guest is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? 
And then the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service and all the customer experience professionals and everybody's going to see it, what would it say? Okay. Which one should I start with? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let me, let me start with the easy one, which is yeah. the first one, the, yeah. the book or the person. So I actually have two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two people. We, we talked about one and, and I'll, I'll tell you who the other one is. So Chris Zane, who is the founder of Zane Cycles in Connecticut, has, I've known him, I met him through social media, you know, 10 years ago or something when we had the old CXO chat and there was just sort of this camaraderie of a a bunch of us who were new to this, to this CX thing, right? Um, Although I'm not that new, I guess I started in 1992. (laughs) I'll just go with it. We'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll Um, sniff it out. We're good. Okay, perfect. (laughs) But Chris is the one who says, and I use this every time I talk because I like to start with definitions in my, in my talks, right? I always like to define customer experience because it is a term that often gets misused or confused with customer service. And I use his quote. His quote is something to the effect of, you know, service is what happens when the experience breaks down, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is just such a great way to look at the difference between customer service and customer experience. The other person that um, is, has been really influential, and I wouldn't just say in the past year, I've known him for several years. His name is um, Bob Chapman. He is the CEO of Barry Waymiller in St. Louis. And he is just such a genuinely nice gentleman who cares about his employees. He wrote a book. And so I first met him when I watched his Ted talk back in 2012, um, about truly human leadership. That's what he talks about, about how we have employees in our care, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. We need to send them home feeling the same or better than when they arrived this morning. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he just sort of had this, profound, you know, it was sort of this moment where he said, we need to take better care of our people. And so he wrote a book called Everybody Matters. There's also a a, a documentary on Amazon Prime by that name. Um, And it's just amazing. You have to follow him and his, you know, podcasts and stuff. And I called him about two years ago, We, we kept in touch. And I called him about two years ago, he originally reached out to me after I wrote about his TED talk, and started to tell me about how he and Simon Sinek were creating this leadership institute, which they created called Barry Waymiller Leadership Institute. They recently renamed it, I think just late last year to Chapman and Company. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool, obviously all around truly human leadership, the golden circle and, and the why and all that with Simon, right? Um, but so I reached out to him uh, about, it was about two years ago because I was struggling with a client. I was struggling with, and you know, we talked about the CEO, we talked about executive commitment and those kinds of things. And I really needed his advice because he's been through this. Yeah. And I said, I said, Bob, how do we get the CEO? How do I get the CEO to care about his employees? What do we do? And bless his heart. I mean, he, you know, spent 45 minutes on them. The man runs a $4 billion <laughs> <laughs> four four billion dollar yeah. organization. Yeah, I know, right? And he gave forty five minutes of his time to me to help me work through that, right? And ultimately, mm-hmm. the answer was, you cannot make somebody care, which is disheartening. But it's good to hear 
that, yeah. right? You can't make somebody care. They have to care. It has to come from within you. So I, it was just amazing. So two people who have been uh, influential in my life. So um, in my professional career, for sure, too. So um, and then your second question was about leaving a note for customer service or customer customer experience professionals. Um, this is a tougher one because there are a lot of different things that I could say. I would, I think the biggest thing would be to say, don't give up, mm. don't get discouraged. And I just had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, yesterday and he was at a point where he was very discouraged about, you know, things that were happening within his organization. And, and I, and it was, it was just that, I mean, he's not the only one, a lot of these folks, uh, these professionals do get discouraged because we are beating our heads up against the wall, trying to get our executives to care, trying to get the CEO to commit and all of those things, but don't give up. You know, that's, that would be my, my advice is find the, find the quick wins, find the little proof points and just keep pushing that noodle up the hill. <laughs> Hopefully it's an uncooked noodle. I hear it's a little bit easier to push up. the hill. Right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, th this is why all my listeners just listen to my guests and, and not have anything, uh, just <laughs> my, my voice. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, uh, Annette. Um, you know, I think I have the right uh, ways to connect with you. So the website is cx-journey.com. That's correct. Uh, LinkedIn is Annette France, uh, Annette-France, right? Yeah. Um, on LinkedIn. And then on Twitter, it's also Annette France. Yes. Uh, anything else that you want to add, um, social channels or um, anything you want to say to the audience? No, I think that's, I think that's awesome. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you reading the book, buying the book and, yeah. and ask me about it. Um, no, thank you. Just thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. The, the, the book, again, is Customer Understanding, uh, Three Ways to Put the Customer in Customer Experience and the Heart of Your Business. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, go to um, wherever you buy books and uh, buy that on a one-click right away and have it sent to you by tomorrow and start reading it. So thank you so much, Annette. I really appreciate it and uh, you. hope you enjoy your workshop tomorrow morning. Thank you. Have a great day. Great day. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press 1 for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.